I was a kid, I, I was living in Lower East Side, and uh, the first film that I really saw about India was Pate Panchali by Sajit Ray. And I realized it was a film that was made by Indians, for Indians, for the world, not through other cultures. And it brought me to learn about the rest of the world. And so with this um, award tonight, I, uh, I thank you all for, for, uh, for this and uh, continue. Thank you. Three Films in a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy. Fair enough. <laughs> That's <laughs> no. I, I'm back oh, east. Yeah. yeah, I'm in Connecticut. I'm in the state that sucks a little bit more than New York and Massachusetts. Mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's correct, yeah. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, my grandfather growing up, or one of the largest to tape stuff on HBO, uh, he let me handle, and I wrote Batman and Robin's Nowhere to Be. That was my memory of Batman and Robin were a tandem, so I, <laughs> I think of that handwritten label wore out in my VCR. It's cool memory. <laughs> mm. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there and wasn't working. Right. I'll answer neither. Oh no. yeah. Um, <laughs> so my the the two biggest influences on me for, first of all my father um my mother is also a film nerd but she keeps it to herself Devastating. You know, she's she's really private about it my father is a photographer and was at one point training to be a cinematographer but he stayed in in kind of studio photography and he used to tape hbo movies on the you know on on vhs free copy and of so it that was my kind of introduction to actual serious movies was Pure these, these collections of like you know the godfather and and aliens for some reason aliens was like a big formative film Strange. for me um, <laughs> yeah and then my, my other influence was um this this professor up at the college of the holy cross uh steve weinberg who taught 
uh, film and theater. He directed me in two plays and he's just an excellent film critic. He He's a critic over at Critics at Large, a, a website that uh, does a bunch of reviews of different media. And he was also uh, studied or was mentored by Pauline Kael, if anybody knows her. She's the, the film critic at The New Yorker for years and years. And and you can I would say, say like Steve and Pauline Kael have, um, yeah, she was at The New Yorker from like late 60s to, I want to say 91, I think. It's like so old. Um, yeah. And uh, they together really kind of shaped, um, shaped and kind of disciplined the way I consume pop culture. It's not that consuming <laughs> pop culture has to be this like discipline. <laughs> All right. Um, but you do want to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's serious. Goddamn business. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, <laughs> pop culture does like. It's, it's really interesting and it generates ideas. It's not like stupid at all. And you want to, you want to come to it with a, a sort of critical intelligence. And that's what I've learned from, from Steve. Crazy. <laughs> oh, and film experience, right? Oh, sorry. Go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody puts that movie on, they'll be pleasantly surprised because they won't see the Joel Schumacher, Batman and Robin. They'll and see a quality film. Like, I think the last person. Uh, their Correct. person was Ryan Gosling. So if anybody owns a VCR, awesome you've done them. Gosling to hear about them in the same kind. Of, I think that's that's yes. perfect. I love. And it's my my I think my best film experience. Even though I, I is is this time when I was a kid and we went to this really nice theater in Manhattan, and I don't even remember the theater to watch The Sound of Music. <laughs> I have since seen The Sound of Music and do not like The Sound of Music very much. Uh, I'm like one of the few people on earth who doesn't like Julie Andrews. It's like I it's like me and some psychopath somewhere. We're we're in a who was the director a of a two person club who doesn't like Julie Andrews, but as a kid, it was a, a really great experience because there's, you know, there's the kind of overture that starts it. There is a break where you in the middle of the, the acts where you got up and get something to eat. And the, it, it replicated this kind of old school film experience that has since been lost. And it's kind of being replaced by the IMAX experience, the kind of um, maximum sound, maximum comfort, which is, is great. I, you know, I, I like that experience as well. Um, but this, this older experience is worth doting on, even though it's, it might actually come back thanks to COVID. You might need a theater like that. Actors were like an audience. Um, but that is probably my most uh, fond movie going uh, memory. Was, was the director, I don't know anything about him. Was he, a, so like what, I, I guess it's like Nolan came out with asked like on five minutes at the end, like imagine some, Wow. Interesting. Well, they outlive good. <laughs> you pass. I miss you every day. I got it. I like, Wait, what is this thing? Yeah, uh, it's like I, I use it like I love that thing. Weird. The times have changed.
Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Perfect time to pause. Man, that's just so mm-hmm. bananas. It's just like, I like hearing it's out of the time. <laughs> like, that just would it just wouldn't happen. That's I, I, you know, I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Will Smith. Yeah, it's there's going to have to be a shtick for a theater, I think. I think it's going to have to be like serving food or this has extra super sound or, you know, I think the 3D thing is over with. Right? It's not less You got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's kind oh, of a corner they? they've painted themselves. In. They gave oh, us only one to right. an extent, but now they're like, well, shit. Oh, were you able to enjoy it? Crazy. Well, they are. On, so. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So several rap song gems. It was Ben's idea that everybody has a move that, for whatever reader appreciated or un- with our peers, we love that just no one's either seats. And mm-hmm. so everybody who comes on our show, gem. Yeah, <laughs> 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 a master print. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is doing that. Okay. Kick into the episode. <laughs> Thank you. Don't uh, oh uh, um, yeah you you should just Jip join Ray. the team man I mean no um, nobody Drake. likes us but <laughs> oh, we have right. each other yes yeah, uh, um and so we have the three from nineteen 19- oh, stop booing there's nothing wrong with it there are dozens of us dozens fifty five <laughs> and opera from nineteen fifty nine I don't know I, I just I picked these as I I had heard them exactly um I was looking into Scorsese and World of Cinema collection. Mm-hmm. And somehow throughout his love for these movies, when they came over to America and, uh, you know, set him <laughs> off on wanted to do the stories he wanted. It wasn't necessarily like me. That was just like the topic. This was just about yeah. people. This was, this was a huge, I don't, I'm in a bad context, like a very, uh, I love them. You know, the path of a great way to set this off. So I heard about them during collection and especially went off on all their movies. So a blind buy and I had a trilogy idea came on to do this. So with it, I, I really enjoyed oh, these. We're yeah. going to pass it off. Yeah, to Cap, somebody canceled. And so they had about to pull our this thoughts. Some, <laughs> Matt, do you want to kick us off with I was path or patch Holly? <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with the pompous answer because a little pomposity never hurt anyone, maybe. Uh, and, and that's I'm going to go with Laurence Olivier. And I can justify this. Yeah. So you get Laurence Olivier, you get um, 
some like great Shakespeare on films. So you get Henry V, you get Richard III, you get the Oscar-winning Hamlet, you get Othello, you get some good Chekhov. So he did uh, a television film, and I know it's television, but it's a film, so it counts, of um, uh, Uncle Vanya, and then he also directed Three Sisters. Uh, you get Rebecca, the, the I think the only Oscar-winning Hitchcock film, if I'm not mistaken. Great movie, yeah. Wuthering Heights. A great, great movie where he's playing Heathcliff there. Uh, what else? Oh, you get Marathon Man. Marathon Man, where Dustin what? Hoffman decides to go full method. And yeah. in contrast, Olivier plays a geriatric Nazi dentist who is it, in search of diamonds and has a retractable blade in his in his coat because he wasn't doing this method shit because he's a geriatric Nazi diamond hunting dentist. And so you get that. Uh, the boys from Brazil. Um, yeah, just a, a tremendous amount of, of good work, both performed and, and directed, um, ranging from like this great pop stuff to some really good Shakespeare and Chekhov. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for again in yeah. 2020, yeah. I'm, I'm detached in three different ways. Really, and it, it's a foreign yeah. film. It's near, you know, that's Bangladesh. It. Yeah, yeah, that's. I'm, I think, I think they got it on it's tape. Very now, Lawrence Olivier, in his older years, he made a film called Marathon Man. And he showed up one day, and there's, there's Dustin. Dustin is the quintessential American actor, but also the New York kind of ethnic actor. And he just looks ghastly. And, you know, and so Lawrence looks at me, and I'm like, my dear boy, my God, what happened to you? I feel so bad for you. And Dustin goes, well, you know, I haven't slept for four days, and I didn't change my clothes, and I didn't take a shower. Because I said, well, why, why, why not? It's the part. That's, I have to live the part. And Olivier steps back and looks at him and says, my dear boy, why don't you try acting? It's so much easier. <laughs> Third book, like, I'm also just from old uh, taking place, <laughs> turn of the century, yeah. 19. Um, yeah. Yeah. 1920. I, I, it's not even my favorite way, movie, so kind of but it's, it's just, experience. You know, it's three levels that I can't relate to, to just like a different world. <laughs> oh. Mm -hmm. Some awkward cuts, but <clears throat> despite all that, you know, I found myself just like with the, the and just I've never a whole lot of time, you know, and with uh -huh. that, um, mm -hmm. so it was sort of this weird like fantasy land, most, you know, mm -hmm. incredible, um, in film, a part of I don't know how they pronounce their words, their culture, uh, which is fortunate, man, because this was it truly was a. Right, you know, like language sounds and beautiful. Really, the yeah, way it just kind of I, yeah, but you, because, uh, uh, weathering to, the way that they sit out, I think they did a great like, job like, of that. Really and, I don't know. It's just one of the most beautiful front to back. Which I want to talk about that. They hired next surface. They hired. Yeah, so I'm not going to say what happened, but they hired another director's trilogy and they didn't tell anybody about it until it premiered, and so they're like, "What? You know, going through college struggle in this in this film." Leaving yeah. the nest, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's something I can relate yeah. to, you know, somewhere else yeah. and follow my own life. I've abandoned my lake, who luckily I can do this mm -hmm. pod, abandoned my family back home. And, uh, despite the fact it was, 
it was home with yeah. me. And I feel like I might have cut you off there a little bit, Pather Panchali, all that much. <laughs> yeah, something about what you were saying and just trilogy, it was yeah. just. I felt. Yeah, he's right. It was, it's, it's, it's more handsome, despite it being so eyes. very real yeah. and very personal. Mm. And uh, yeah, he'd be easier yeah. on the eyes. Maybe I love indie. I know helps. one of one of sins is I don't think you films, Mister Lahore. I'm very glad that you picked. I think this. I mean, speaking points for <laughs> me, and I think we all have with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I came over from Germany. I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's not it's not five minutes, it's five seconds. It's like one shot, but it's I, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's really stupid. And so the last thing you the last taste you have in your mouth is sour, right? So you have this great movie and it's like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I, I have no oh, idea. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's you right. have this kind of um, I think <laughs> Weiler came from Germany and had a lot of experience there. And then he comes into the studio system, which is a. Mm is a different beast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice <laughs> funny you should ask because i have it right here the Aku trilogy. it it's is like, uh yes okay, last order especially how i start Fred to like Skepsis care for him is the, is the know, and just um you know him he did uh roxanne if I'm anybody knows this, that i thought movie. it was seeing how did roxanne he did get one in of this best, um, um for it was the first time uh, uh, Shankar, with, you know and them team uh, did a few uh, movies civil shepherd and um spielberg you know fincher of the 50s just teaming up you know on track so much will smith i think Will Smith. Was, uh, yeah, and, oh, those are my yeah. trolley. The, then the he fact did this that a woman awarded can make sense to me. Like, yes, um, I don't with prize. You know, a, from a here, you guys talk by Graham Swift, which it. itself is based on uh, William Faulkner's "As I Lay Dying," <laughs> which is basically a grotesque funeral procession. <laughs> um, this movie, however, is not grotesque at all, even though there is a kind yeah. of a, a funeral aspect to it. As Michael Caine, um, David Hemmings from uh, Blow Up, if anybody's ever seen that, um, but also. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the next movie he did. Uh, <laughs> Helen Moran, uh, Bob Hoskins is wonderful in it, and Ray Winstone from the Depart, you know, from the Departed, and it's a great, great movie about uh, basically Michael Caine has died, and they're they're taking his ashes to a seaside town to to let them go, and it's these four guys, his son and his three friends, who are doing it, and it's intercut with the story of his wife, played by Helen Moran, and. Um, and then also um, <laughs> Helen Moran as, as a younger person when they were first meeting, uh, played by Kelly Riley, of all people, uh, one of her first roles. And then, you know, it's, it's their various stories at different times <laughs> in their life. And it's kind of weaved together. And it's not, 
overly sad. It's not overly happy, but it's just very, very rich with sympathy. Characters do things that, if I were to describe them, sound um, either unethical or, or cringeworthy. Here. I can. Um, but within the context of the me. film, everything <laughs> okay. is everything mm. feels explained. And even if it isn't the action you would do, you would understand mm. and have sympathy and even love for the people when they they encounter these things in their lives that they might deal with in yeah. in let's say upsetting ways. So it's it's a great movie. No yeah. one has seen it but me. I have the only DVD. Sort of, they only sold one. I, that's it, that's right here. Um, used to be like orchard, just for me. Yeah, um, but I would definitely. Should we find out that like and also Fred Skepsi is a brother great, great money. director. So Are we not going to check out Six Degrees? Check out they, Roxanne. The politics um, of the culture and of those directors. cats be a lot different. And there's maybe did <laughs> and like it's like you're just. <laughs> Oh. I mean, speaking of high watching ridiculousness, yeah, he's more the star than these videos. He's more of the focus. He's the part. <laughs> <of it. laughs> the film kind of revolves around him. Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll go over scenes later on, but I have a couple from this movie. Um, oh. You wanted to add to the discussion? I move on to Aparajito. Air or whatever. It wasn't a. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's a great bit of the show. I I was looking forward to doing this. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great to see these things be like going on forever. It's like, yeah. You see that giant snake? And yeah. I think it's rye. It, it oh, my feet mm -hmm. gave like me the bread, yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. That scene where he wants along with the gifts and every, everybody's names and stuff. Heartbreak. Um, yeah, and as far as I know, I mean, really intending to do the trill. Interesting to see how this one ended, this one movie, but I think it really well into a part of G stronger endings i've ever shot of them like right and happen next like been about trilogies we felt the same maybe not as much was like at the end of these movies what's next you know like yeah but i've got to know yeah and so but I, I a lot and one thing i you know watching some um someone had said an interested in plot plot is about what a narrative is about what's happened really kind of felt like this summaries for me but especially this is so much about throughout the second film and his mom and going to see the curious nature um um from doing the older version hour lifting with that do it you know but you know to write also i'm like going down the river like we really established and um he was except for everybody um i really really enjoying apu kind of come into his wanting to learn and the priest wasn't he, he was curious <laughs> about that stuff and i think this into context or what you guys felt about this about parjito Hmm. 
<laughs> I have your <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, nineteen twenty, I think is. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
in that. this round <laughs> right <laughs> mm what his <laughs> and so it's in your mind as you're watching <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm <laughs> sure thing i mean i'll say first of all just commenting on uh commenting on, on matt and tyler what they're saying I, the movie, the, these movies are so influenced by like, um, Renoir and De Sica and things like that, that it's, it's kind of, it feels, it felt so familiar to me because I think he is, Rye is borrowing from the West quite a lot in the making of these things. Yeah. And if you've ever seen like a Bollywood <laughs> yeah. movie, like a real pure Bollywood movie, that is a, a completely different cultural experience. And I've seen, I saw a bunch of De Sica movies before I, I came upon Rye. 
And so when I, by the time I came upon Rye, I felt like very at home here. Um, his, it, it's, it's so interesting how influenced he is by the West and, you know, by Renoir. He worked with Renoir in, uh, on, on Renoir's film, mm-hmm. The River in 1951. <laughs> and so, you know, like there, there's some shots yeah, in this that I can recognize from Renoir and the general tone. I, I feels like bicycle thieves, definitely. But hmm? yeah, that was 40 something, 46. I know Rye saw it when he went to London. He was in London for a little while before making this film, and he saw it then. Um, but getting into the world of Apu, um, we did that on our, our show uh, with Ben, and we had a great time. Um, the world of Apu, the, the last part of the trilogy, obviously, is now Apu is all grown up, and he's left university without his degree because he's run out of money. And he's decided he's going to be an artist. He's going to go write great books. And he has a book mostly completed. And one day he's hanging out with his, his friend who graduated university, an, an engineer, a very different person from him. And his, the friend goes, my, my cousin is getting married. Let's go to the wedding. So they go to the wedding and the groom is is insane. It's all one the choice is, that changes suffering from, like, completely, you know, really, out of his Out of his mind, he's suffering from a mental illness and they can't get married. And so because of the, this kind of traditional structure where you have to get married at a, at a particular time that's scheduled otherwise, um, and, I, you know, he, yeah, or, or something he like married, he had a yeah. choice. I mean, that's, that's the way they frame and, it. I, um, I don't understand it, that aspect of the culture. I think this is what you were talking about, Matt, where you're kind of removed. Um, well, as comfortable as I am with these characters in these movies. Yeah. There's still that cultural gap and you got to live with that. So whatever, something bad's going to happen if, if she doesn't get married, uh, Aparna is her name. And so they go to Apu and say, can you marry this woman who you've never met? And, you know, and, and you'll save the day. And so he does it. And at first he's very nervous cause he wanted to be a writer and he, he wasn't going to get a job so he could write. Um, but it turns out that they have a beautiful marriage and they fall deeply in love with her. Um, Apu gets a job as a clerk. And then uh, Aparna gets pregnant. She goes off to give birth to the baby uh, at her far- uh, at her parents' house, and she dies in birth in, in labor. Um, the child survives, and then Apu disappears. He's he's so grief struck that he wanders into the countryside and starts taking random jobs. He throws away his novel, and the movie ends with Apu finally, after five years, coming home. Uh, seeing his son and leaving with his son, moving on with his life with his son. Now, kind of, you can imagine, you know, conquering the grief of Aparna's death. Yeah, how this is going to um, go because he's he's going to pod Tom, which is like I feel like stars. Uh, uh, he couldn't just come and be like, really I mean, it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to build the love um, with him uh, being his friend. Sumatra you know, like Chatterjee is um, playing Apu, and he yeah. died November fifteenth yeah. of twenty twenty of COVID. So he just recently died. It's funny how that works. Yeah. And he is, he's done over 200 movies in mostly in, in Bengali. Um, and he was one of the, the kind of great filmmakers. And if you, uh, great film actors, excuse me. He also was a filmmaker, but I, I haven't seen his film, so I can't testify to that. Um, but he, I, I think having seen, I've seen about 12 movies he's been in by this point, 10 or 12. And he is an incredible range. He's a phenomenal actor. And this was his first picture. This is his first movie. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why I picked it. I, I'll say uh, Pathar Panjali, even though it's maybe the less sophisticated technically of the films, is my favorite. Um, but 
I picked this because I I love Chatterjee's work. I I think he's a, a one in a lifetime performer, and he kind of died with a whimper. Sort of, it wasn't talked about very much, and I just wanted to do the podcast kind of for him. Um, and then opposite him is um, oh, I forgot her name now. Well, this is embarrassing. Uh, and I think as well, because he even <laughs> tells Poole, he, could, he could Yeah, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, Shamila Decor, yeah, who this is also her first film. And um, and she went on to work with uh, Rai in a number of pictures and was a huge star in India. Yeah, she's... she's mm-hmm. Ain't that the mm-hmm. truth? Oh, thank God we killed Aparna. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a wonderful actress, and she's great in this. And um, yeah, she she plays the role uh, because at first when well, at first when she goes in, she's upset. She has basically married this poor man who's significantly more poor than her family, and they don't have anything. They live by the train tracks. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the same kind of complaints any of us would have, um, and she just you see her fall in love with this guy in part through a a little bit of effort um but also through this kind of like little sly flirtatious style she has she puts a little message in his cigarettes saying like you know you said you'd only smoke after a meal and and things like that um she has a way of kind of smiling under her eyes i mean we all smile under her eyes but you know kind of her, her little sly smile that you could see why this man falls in love with her there was a yeah, moment it's, it's there a where wonderful. I was like, like, we're really, and if you want to see them play husband and wife again, so she, uh, even, even if it had Mapu walking away, yeah, we still would have gotten also, that where they're, they're playing uh, husband and wife. It's you a know, very retroactive movie, what we but, had just um, seen up until, I was out. just like, it wouldn't have just like, and, and I would be hard to blame him. This kid, this guy, like chance, you know, we just all after L after L. it would be hard to yeah. walking away into the sunset and leaving very glad you know i just it just think it yeah. had to end <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> See how, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. It's it's different circles in mm. a city versus. <laughs> Finds the lost pages of his dead and yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking fourth one, we kind of talked about already. Um, uh, to it, like I, I think we kind of to talk about with that. I feel like we kind of. 
Okay, again, this was more like more stuff. I didn't know if you still you wanted to. Yeah. Well, let me let me have something to cut from, and then yeah, then we'll get into it. Okay. <clears throat> So speaking of movies that don't, uh, addition to it, a bit about the before trilogy, like, um, Tyler, you brought the two sides of the same core because they do just seem to win, like very capturing the moment, different, like style. One was told over two together and one was told timeline was two decades, but we see years for the release. I don't there's, there's think so. There's so many I looked into this because the, dial, the mother, you know, just the daughter, and I think do, the, uh, the with the progression. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts the are to, <laughs> but I don't think they're actually related. They are um, to, to I, hear before trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, I looked that up because I was like, oh, there's a lot of the same last name, but I think there's there isn't a tremendous amount of name variety. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, I perfectly on their own, but so we talked about for the before trilogy was key stories because you have Europe and uh, people on screen maker and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I made the argument instrumental in the, in the story sort of just like showed I was at least, you know, because the, the, the argument, the Apu trilogy, because, you know, we, um, but I mean, there's a lot of times, yeah, I, mm -hmm. not silent the sounds of the jungle or oh, the simple, uh, babbling <laughs> or, yeah, that was or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, uh, the loud shots well, to linger well, and, and ramble. ramble. You should, I was you know, just like, yeah. like, obviously, it was long takes, but it's not dialogue with the three streets or what they said. This is like, this is like, this and had done this, who like, or who have done these kind of things. I don't think he brings the game like our father. I understand that. The first thing I thought of, like, oh, this is good because it's like this is the way he knows. And no, I felt that way with Ryan. And they start to, you know, with the camera and just like this past status. There's still a kind of financial status that that is not working out. It's just not working out. He can't get work. It's tough to just put a run and have it hold you. You know, there's a there's a quote how. Part of the fact that he can sit with comfort in the silence. That's what was sticking in my head. You're comfortable with, and there, mm -hmm. there's no getting around. These movies move incredibly. You're comfortable with it. And for what um, I personally stayed in, I think that's incredible. And I think probably may not have been a lot of other, by any other film, it's by Bollywood, mm -hmm. which is all. And, like he had worked, he knew the aspects, but there's something one you know? in charge. Charles, like it's still kind of a, um, Tom, our trilogy, what are your thoughts on two? 
But that's him. That's his character too. That's the father. That's sure. a, he's he's a Leuchtmensch. It's, it's a great Yiddish word, like airman. Um, you know, his head's in the clouds. He's not. No, he's I not, think his feet aren't on the ground. He wants to be a poet. He's gonna be. He's gonna be a great playwright. Uh, troops are gonna come through, and they're gonna. We're gonna see a play like his, and you know, mm-hmm. and he he's worried more about that than asking for his money while his children are, uh, you know, in rags and starving. Um, you know, and and that and so for him to lose the orchard i think part of it is this kind of cultural thing where you know you 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 just don't go to court right there's a sort of you you do your best to pay back debts or, or whatever it is you get that strong feeling but i also get the feeling mm. that this guy is just not steering the ship right and yeah yeah it's not it's not he's going to be the big writer yeah he's a, he's an oblivious guy and it, that puts a lot of pressure on uh Sarbajaya, the the mother who you know now <laughs> is very a very conscientious person and has to kind of control the family and you know make things work and i think the arc of development in, in this movie the the sort of the um the death that makes realization happen when durga dies it's, it's he the father who realizes i have to move on right and what moving on means yeah, they- is no, it's all yeah, you're not gonna be a playwright, dude. <laughs> it's it's time to get a real job. It also means three generations. Mm-hmm. That that sucks, but we have to leave the three generation home and, and go to the city and the jungle is coming to swallow it up and it does at the end. The monsoon crashes the home and the the, the ancestry is kind of broken and the home itself that kind of stand in Man, i wonder who the opera trilogy <laughs> matt could definitely do it <laughs> um yeah i mean just keep coming back to you Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. This movie is mostly about snakes. Just <laughs> Tyler's version. It's just on the snake the whole time. You could say it's, it's better all than snakes. Yeah. Them a lot. We get that. We have second and one and the third gone through it you know he's a lot but one of the other through lines is whether we're seeing it you know in that first film where they run but we also just hear it a lot stuff with sound like i mentioned earlier comes up kind of in a version and obviously incidents these are all done very int- and like tom i just kind of seen the before trilogy i expected out of a trilogy with uh, plot and narrative to experience the aputra with not plot i mean i guess i mean the four literally just two people talking again so in that regard the circumstances are different. Context is different. The of, but very different. Um, um, yeah, experience the before trilogy. Be prospect or shouldn't expect trilogy. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I I also reflecting on that that like uh, what, yes. what I also found relatable is that there's no real villain in this movie or in any of these movies. Like the the neighbor who's kind of the worst at the beginning uh, mm. she's the one who comes to give comfort when Durga <laughs> dies she's the one who gives them a little money when they move on and there's like a great deal of love and sympathy and for the father whose yeah. head's in the clouds like you know my god when he finds out his daughter dies it's it's it kills you and yeah and w- watching him like mm-hmm. I don't want to say grow up because he's a you know, he's a right. grown man obviously but come to his duty so to speak is yeah. is uh impressive and and kind of horrible at the same time mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that and there that's great. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think that's wonderful. I think as it represents change so um had seen it more lines of the the dead into his life because we they go see the train when they find if I remember correctly. It kind of happened and then when Dick, you know, and she's like, well, we'll go there and they're never able um and, and there's just thing i had read kind of brought he's sitting next to his dad writing shows his dad what he wrote like the next thing you do should be a ghost and a train sounds and they just kind of talk the angel of death you know it's like never hearing and and oh it's like durga casualty in that movie seeing all the change and like you said so seeing like the uh, is it the, the electric wires that, yeah it just kind of yeah brings yeah it and put in there um the, the ambient the reasoning behind it um you know because you can kind of put you behind what all that means <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fall on your list here is how how it worked for you of movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's interesting you when you say the uh, what's the intended message take away from it. Uh, that's a conversation that's happened, you know, about <laughs> art for as long as. Because for me, a lot of what the trains was like the difference in what of what we get, right? 
like I said, <laughs> and the first thing that happens to this kid is that, he, <laughs> and so life is going <laughs> when he's with the Parna pretty great, and then we go close oh, to a train and for awesome. her station, right? She has to be loud and so disruptive. It's like no. this is he wanted something that he thought he wanted the modernity. Found a train movies. <laughs> what that means, and you have to live next to the train. Up when you're sleeping, and and um, yeah, I think you know Thomas and. Mm-hmm. spot on 100 percent. but when you say the ambiguity it was just like yeah you know be careful you wanted this train and i th- um he tries to give him, uh, and rightfully so it gets thrown behind and they leave on foot uh a very cool wrap up uh and <laughs> yeah pain in apu's life Yeah. Have you can't say. <laughs> I was love like you collect model trad gaslit you into. <laughs> That's incredible. That's awesome. Um, the reminder was nice. Please I go. will. <laughs> three of the trilogies that we covered i think all three of blade they were kind of hoping for um not to, you know, you off. I feel like That's I cut awesome. you off. Um, <laughs> it, it, I think you two happen, right? Is it a success? Like, there was no plan. Okay, shit. Like, let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See. Yeah. Time. I. <laughs> no, that's great. I, I. I do agree. I think this is my my least favorite of the three, though. I. I love this movie. Um. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I. I typically like the the middle part of trilogies the best. Two Towers, Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Two. Though Godfather shouldn't have been a trilogy, but we'll just put that aside. Um. I. It might be the fact that Apu is such a. That the Durga and Apu are so charismatic as children, and that the the focus on the the mother is so complete in the first one, and then Sumatra Chatterjee and uh, Tagore are just so charismatic in the third. And in this, we ne- have a younger kid, and then later a teenager, and a very very awkward teenager, right? I think so. Uh, and like, 
that there isn't a rush for so like speech to pick um from anywhere in the scene that we have the mother and it's like stories or the meaning behind it they weren't trying to really she's not the one who developed your favorite of and this is the point where we get to they were just trying to the story as it's part of development for the main character coming of age of the main character coming into focus I'm curious what would have happened to the and I'm glad no one else did becoming Pip from Great Expectations right now he's gonna you know go out into the world and do things he's been selected as being uh, of a particular talent and he could now um he can now ride the train right he can take the train into the modern world into calcutta and and become a man of consequence and there's this thing that is holding him back which is his mother's um sure. grief and loneliness who invited and this guy <laughs> the the movie is about kind of terrible freedom it's like, sure. it's like when you're freed from a responsibility <laughs> that kind of sounds yeah. good if you just phrase it like that but it also usually means if if the responsibility is a great one it usually means amelie uh, relief that from director something that is did. also meaningful in your life and I, I know in the book that this is based on um, i don't know if anybody looked at that uh, it's based on two books but uh it's the the way it's explained in the book is that he suddenly feels joy that that his that he doesn't have that kind of um that that constant and he gets that sugar must say please come home please come home can you come home um and then mm-hmm. he's terrified at his joy i, I don't know if this movie right, is quite doing that but there's mm-hmm. something of that here where the the final responsibility of his old life is is gone yeah. and it's a terrible thing and it's it's a tragedy but yeah. at the same time what do you do mm-hmm. you pick up your bags and go to calcutta because you have exams <laughs> You have to you yeah. kind of move on and develop, and you know, in that moment, 100%. he has to become a man. There, he's no one's child anymore. He has no mother. He has no father. For sure. And now he's it. Um, it's not it's crazy to think biologically that speaking, you talking culturally about, speaking, that's arguably but technically, but moment, um, had I effectively it. speaking, oh, uh, he is it, an adult. I get my he's favorite moment, man. but you're right. It's yeah. the sort yeah. of it's, thing like it's horrible yeah. for that to happen. And you know, we <laughs> yeah. want it from. I mean, reason, I don't know. He has children. I don't have any children. But in their family, you know, you want them. I'm sure is doing a necklace. It could have like her stealing this in their station within their their jobs or or whatever, you know, like that. Um, But at the same time, uh, any kind of indicative, which leads to my favorite, which was when Durga, the death of the old favorite scene. I got to echo talking that moved me more. The scene is throw the necklace. Find is the water. Is that his brother? His brother. And just I also like that. Have it. I would never know because um light visually. I can guarantee that like he there's like an this doesn't matter anymore I drag her through the mud mm-hmm. one last time to this thing so no one can and okay. i just yeah film and yeah it just like, <laughs> um, and just, just like embracing this thing like that all i couldn't from this. tribute i love the stare down like, when he's reading just the letter because she just really enjoys it's like that it's like he's reading well, a sext so on the tree hearing also the <laughs> They got funding oh, and then they were just waiting around the storm. I feel like they had weeks like for rain to come in, but downpour for like, and so they filmed all that rain they had. <laughs> yeah. in, so just coming together and happening. Yeah. That'd be my favorite. <laughs> like some guy's awesome. And been, I love how like the for that. On yeah. the East Coast, you write yeah, the co But this dude comes to tiny and his imp punched the guy in the right face. Right there with the, with the animal or order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. She was great.
Yeah. The films, like, there was mm. great, but I agree. I think Dirk of <laughs> the two that I gave him the co MVP, they were wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Tom, thank you so um Like, you know, so I really. Mm-hmm. Mischievous. And... Mm-hmm. Yes. Episode, yeah, cover the fourth. <laughs> yeah, ton of fun. You guys know our <laughs> platform at three film. YouTube, you can find us on Patreon, um, which also you just leave us a press that helps people kind of like other, other podcasts. Um, a really good time. Thanks again, Tom, you, Matt and Tyler, even though you'll be here, we'll see you guys next week. Cool. Tom, this is a, no, we'd go this long, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what I told Alex before. The covered like you know we started talking about Spike Lee was definitely some weighty. Con- oh, personally, I was very timid. I don't know what I've never this uh, context before. White guys say about a Spike, um, but this is like conversation going into. Also, a little nervous because I'm like we've done you know yeah we've <laughs> the first, I was like this is one of the I think warrants some real critic uh, coming from such a view where I don't know anything about. But so I'm glad I'm glad it. Yeah, thank you for sharing.
Interesting. Yeah. Good. Uh, I was I was going to say um yeah, I think the, the the third film is, you know, the third film he like in the second film we talk about him becoming a man or you know whatever that means. He has to be an adult now. In the third film he kind of has to be a person in the world. And there's this real tension between being an artist and being like a person who does things in the world awesome. and is, is responsible. I mean, I was an actor in New York for seven years and you know, you're, you're just sort of when you're just struggling to get by for your quote unquote craft, it, you know, you, you don't, you don't, um, uh, partake in, let's say civic engagement to, to use an umbrella term. Um, you know, yeah, it's e either you're just kind of poor and polite or you're poor and degenerate. It's, it's somewhere in between that. And, um, Apu is is going through that in that film. He's not really at, at the beginning of the film before he meets Aparna. He's not. He's going to be an artist. He's not going to get a job. And when he, what's interesting about that is when he meets her and he goes like, "I love this woman. I'm going to become a clerk. I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, all that stuff." Um, it's not seen as like a bad thing that he's really putting his writing not completely aside, but but to the to the side for the most part. Um, it, it's seen as a good thing. And then, you know, when she dies and he enters this kind of state of despair, he has to pull himself out of that to take on, you know, this role in society, which is you have a kid, he's five, he's a pain in his, you know, he's a pain in everybody's ass. You have to do something like, you you know, there is a role for you. We need you. And a lot of that movie is about doing that. And I think the the whole movie then moves uh, is using that theme to go from like artist sort of in the the proverbial basement um not really engaging with the world so the end where he's going to take on a role the world or the, the community you know the community at least of that includes his in-laws and the people around them that they need and that seems to be that connects so well to the trilogy because his dad kind of goes through the same thing at the first you know, in the first movie, and he is sparked into this transformation via the death of a loved one. And so each movie kind of does that. It kind of sparks transformation via death. It's it's really, really 
oh, I, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know what word to put to it. It's, um, it's kind of hopefully melancholic, maybe. Yeah, that that's a really great way to put it. And I think what makes so many of these characters sympathetic is that they eventually make the choice we want them to make, right? The, the decisions they make aren't tragic. The, the tragedy, like you're saying, is the circumstance. It's, it's just sort of, it's not Shakespearean in the sense that, you know, Othello kills his wife and, you know, you shouldn't have done that, dude. <laughs> you know, she's fine. She was she was good. It's, this is on you. Um, it It is... The tragedy is something that is a, a, a circumstance and um, and it has a sort of sweetness because there is no villain in any of this, right? There's no one who delivers the tragedy to them. There's no Iago waiting in the wings. Um, it, it is just the way of the world. And these characters, you know, even if they eventually die, these characters seem to, especially Apu, overcome their circumstance. They overcome the tragedy. And that's what's so great about it. And it's, it's kind of, I guess, in terms of genre, much more of a romance, kind of tragic comedy. Because, you know, the tragic comedies, if you think of, um, you think of something like, like The Winter's Tale, if anybody knows that play. And, well, the, the Winter's Tale is basically a king thinks his wife, who he loves, cheated on her, and then he orders her killed. She isn't actually killed. She goes into hiding. She disappears for 16 years while he repents because he realized, I screwed up. And then she comes back 16 years later. And it's not a comedy because, you know, in the comedies, things just work out immediately. Like, it's, it's just, you know, it's like, oh, this is a problem. Make the problem go away. Okay, we're all fairy dust, fairy dust. That's fine. Whatever. Move on, move on. Um, but with, with the romance, there's this, like, cost to recovery. There's this, this, this penance you have to pay. And in the case of, of 
um, the Winter's Tale, he has to pay it because he's guilty of something. Um, but in this, it's it's not a penance they have to pay. Like you're saying, it's the choice you make with the tragedy you've been given. And what makes this so lovely is that there's nobody to choose against um, because there's there's no villain. And the people who have to make the choices towards the end make the right choices. And they they become. Every movie ends with somebody becoming or the group or the family becoming. And it's, you know, it's lovely in that sense. And that ending where you see, um, you see Chatterjee as a poo holding his son and walking off to wherever they're going with that huge smile on his face. And you just thank God he got over <laughs> Barna or, you know, as close as he can. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I I live alone and my TV is on the floor unplugged and has been for four months. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Thankfully, he says, thank God we killed her. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think that's a great point that it yeah, it has to end in the growth of a family or the beginning of a family. Right? The the man on his own, the individual on his own is not going to work. It has to it has to come back to that.
Yeah, and it, it needs it for him too, because he's like in this state of despair. He's not an artist. He's not a like a clerk anymore, a person in the community. He's just wandering from place to place. Then the despair here is like uh, it, it's also personal and internalized and a form of kind of long term depression. But it's also despair in terms of he has no role in the world. He doesn't do anything. He's not a writer anymore. He's not. He he just takes whatever job he can to survive. And and the, so he can't really step forward as someone, right? He's just, he's a guy with a name. He's not a role. He's not taking on a, a role that defines him and then that he can define. There's just nothing. There's just stasis. And mm-hmm. do you think it's dramatically different from his ancestors i yeah I, it's there's, there's like a negotiation with modernity in it that isn't like ancestors bad or mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's so what I I kind of loved about the trajectory was that in in terms of like um, you know breaking from your from your traditions, that's not what happened in this, right? And it was also wasn't like let's be traditional, let's let's be a priest, right? He doesn't go back to being a, a Brahmin. He doesn't do that. But at the same time, it's not it's not a radical rejection of the tradition from which he came. It's a constant negotiation with it. And at the end, you know, kind of taking on the the role or or gesturing towards the process of taking on the role of father, um, it doesn't seem to be he doesn't I don't get the sense he's going to do it in a new way. That I think this negotiation is going to continue. And it's a gentle negotiation and a respectful one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the kid's gonna die. But Maybe, maybe they do a whole different thing. Do like my big fat Greek wedding. It's just, you know, it's just a a big stupid wedding movie.
Oh, there we go. Ah. Yeah.
Sorry, officer, I... I didn't know I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting one. I, I mean, the Before Trilogy is about, especially the first of those films, actually all of them, I'm going to go with all of them. It's really about um, leaning into a great conversation. Like if you ever had a great conversation with somebody, you're just sort of, um, you, you're hanging out in that space. And it's especially precious because, and I, I mean precious in, uh, in a positive way, um, because I, I especially, like, I really love those two actors together and those two characters and i also like jesse ben I know you're not a big jesse ben. uh but you know i i, I had to pause the, your, the podcast at that point when you said that i'm like i'm gonna take a break before i go back but uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so it's it's that kind of thing um it, it's that kind of experience it's like leaning into this conversation and hoping these people especially in the third one which i actually saw in the theaters that they they work it out right they they get over this problem and they work it out or in the second one like it happens right you're like oh they're here now then you have that last shot while she's she's standing by the counter right and it kind of fades fades to black slowly um so there's there's not a lot of there's almost no action in these these movies the, the before trilogies there's just the, this kind of uh great sort of rambling conversation i think by the latter two films i think all three of them link later Depley and hawk have credits in the screenplay right yeah, so it's just them. Yeah, so it's just them kind of improv. You get a, the sense that it's them sort of improving out these lines, and then it had been worked on from there. Um, but there, there isn't you know a lot of action. It's really about our love for these people. Um, and with a poo, it is 
it is about those things that shape our lives. Um, and it's also a, a different genre of movie, right? It's, it's a, you know, it's closer to great expectations than it is to a, a romantic comedy. I and, mean, you know, uh, before, before sunrise, I, I always say the titles wrong before sunrise. You know, the, the first one is a romantic comedy, a very unconventional romantic comedy. It doesn't have a lot of the same tenets of like screwball or, or something like that. Or um, even the romantic comedies you think of uh, that, that you guys mentioned on your draft podcast about romantic comedies. It's very unconventional, but it's still a romantic comedy. Just it's throwing out the tenants and doing what it wants to do. I would say a Pooh is, despite the fact that it's remarkable, is a fairly conventional buildings roman. It's a fairly conventional coming of age movie in terms of like the checklist of things that make a coming of age movie. It's just extraordinary in, in its pathos and in its demonstration of those things. And so the the comparison is is interesting because I, I think when you look at it in terms of a genre study analysis, a genre study analysis, I'll say that right, is that you have the unconventional genre in the before movies and the the you know kind of conventional one in the the Apu movies, and you can actually achieve excellence. In, in filmmaking, both working within the boundaries and working without from without the boundaries, right? It's Cognier versus Racine, those, those two French playwrights, one who was like obeying all the rules of the Academy and the other who was like, screw it. I, can I say, can I say fuck? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I can't remember. What, and like, fuck it. Um, you know, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh you know and, and though that that is what's interesting i think about the the comparison of these two is like man genre is um genre is something we kind of dismiss as a genre film like the superhero film whatever but genre allows so much wealth of opportunity because there's so many expectations living in them that we can we can screw with we can mess with or filmmakers not us but filmmakers can can screw with and mess with and i think that's where i would make the, the comparison between these two oh please yeah 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 mm. <laughs>
Bırımçı. Ah. I think the train is is really a synecdoche for modernity. I think that it stands in for the outer world that you know the the world that's changing the world that's new. And then you know that's what modernity does is it threatens tradition, right? Or that's at least how it's conceived of. And if you think of it in terms of a, you know, I hate this term, but in terms of a dialectic, you can think in terms of modernity tradition kind of bouncing back and forth against each other and having to come to some sort of negotiation. And I think where we see the train in, in all of these movies, it's, it's reflecting that. In the first movie, we have the train really on the outskirts of this town, which by the way, is only like 12 miles from Calcutta. So it's, it's, it's not actually that far from the modern, but it seems that way. And there's this, this train that they can hear it. Right. And Apu hears it. That's the first the first instance of the train is we hear it. Yeah. You know, and Apu's like, have you seen the train to Durga? And, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in, in the way that like the slightly older kid has pride and, and a little, you know, and then they, they go out and they run out to it. And it's one of my favorite scenes. They run out and, and they see it. And it's this thing that's so far away from their home from the perspective of a child. Right. It's like, you know, it's all the way out in the woods. It's it's in a field that's beyond there. And they see this this great machine that is everything their world is not. And, you know, when their world collapses and when it gets eaten up, like, I, you know, it's like the monsoon destroys their, their property and it looks like the jungle is swallowing up their home, right? What is on the boundary is now going to be in their center, right? In the center of where they're, they're living. And the train becomes more prominent. Now it's not just this incredible somewhat frightening but somewhat kind of beautiful thing on the edge of experience in the the second film in the unvanquished it's the means of advancing in life it's the train he takes to to get to calcutta to go to university and one of my favorite scenes is when he um lies to his mom and says oh i miss the train and he just goes home and hangs out with her as an act of sympathy towards towards his mother so she's not lonely. Then there's this moment where he's clearly, quote unquote, you know, to, to speak metaphorically, going to take the train. He's going to, you know, move forward with his life. But for this moment, there's that negotiation again between tradition and modernity. He goes back to his mother. He he lies down. He lets her take on that traditional mother role and, and pamper him and on all that stuff that he's really frustrated with, but realizes that she needs. 
And then in the last film, of course, we have the train. He lives by the train tracks. So we have that sound all the time. We see him walking down there. Um, you know, he's, he's in Calcutta. He's in the, the cultural center as, as far as we understand it. And, you know, at one point he even contemplates suicide by the train tracks, right? He stands there and kind of, uh, you know, looks at the tracks and whatnot. But by the time we've gotten to the third movie and, you know, he's, he's a grown man and, and whatever, and he's moved past family his own family, his birth family, that is, because they all died. Um, he's now um, at the center of of the world. He's at the center of modernity as, as far as he can get. And where is it? It's next to the train tracks. It's right there. It's no longer on the boundary of experience. It's no longer the, the thing you fantasize about and are shocked by when you see. Now it is your everyday. It's what's right outside the window. Um, and when you look to reject your your life the life you're living that's the first thing he goes to is the train to let it let it kill him of course he, he doesn't he steps back um you know but i think that's that's where the, tr the that's what the train is standing in for it's this this modernity and and what i like about the symbol is it's not depicted as a negative thing like typically when you have you know modern industrialized blah 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 and it's like oh look at look at this horrible new world coming in and erasing all our lovely this that and the other thing you know this kind of it, it's a you know fairly kind of more conservative view and i think this movie is not taking that view and it's not taking the opposite it really is engaging in this negotiation between you know what the mother needs in in the second film and what apu has to become in in the third film and and in the second film and I think that's where, where the train connects also with this idea of death, because each film has a major death. Some have more than one death, but they have a major death, which, as we said, we talked about before, sparks transformation. And, um, you know, and I think the, the deaths tend to go along with transit. Um, in the first movie, they take a cart after she dies to the city. But in that, uh, in the first movie, sorry, in the second movie, then he jumps back on the train once she dies to to move on. Um, and in the third movie, he's walking. Uh, so I guess it's not a, a mechanical thing in all cases. But transit moving forward is is a big part of this. And I think the fact that the train becomes closer and closer physically to him and a bigger part of his life is a part of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, when they're
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not in the book. They don't see the train in the book. Yeah, um, so that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, he hates strains. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I I will think about I will think about you when I see a train. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mad inspired train movies. <laughs>
<laughs> Stop that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah.
yeah i i think this stuff like if somebody had picked up the second and third film who wasn't rye uh i i think the style would have been really odd because he's it's like his style in this i mean we probably don't recognize it but i would say it's kind of experimental for its time it's like this kind of um neo-realist way of doing things which wasn't you know wasn't the way anybody really made movies outside of like italy uh and and so you'd have the this person who has this local cultural knowledge combined with this also this kind of aesthetic knowledge that he's drawing from europe and i think i don't know who else you know i don't know who the the index of bengali filmmakers were in 1955 but uh, you know i i don't know who else yeah yeah <laughs> but i i can't imagine anybody else has that particular experience it's, it's a very um it's like right man for the right time also mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Um, I think my favorite Rushmore scene, my, my Thomas Jefferson, was when he threw, when Young Apu in the first film threw the necklace into the water. Um, that's the, just for the, con, you know, for the, for the audience's context. Early on, Durga, his sister, was accused of having stolen a necklace. And they, you know, she doesn't seem to have it. And that's that. After she dies, they're, they're packing up to move. And Apu, this eight-year-old boy, finds it. And he realizes what it is. And he goes over to a pond and throws it in, you know, so that it's, it's gotten rid of forever. And it's this last thing he can do for his sister. He can protect her memory, her reputation. And reputation's just communal memory. And he's able to to do that for her in a way that, you know, that it's the way a child protects something, right? Um, but it's also a, a dramatically mature thing to do. And it's, it's a beautiful moment. It's a, it's a moment that he comes of age as much as a, a person of his age can. Um, and it's, it's a shocking moment too. I was stunned by it.
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to, yeah. I used to Yeah, I used to live in New York and you get like I I didn't get in a fight in the subway, but I got close a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Some literal animals sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure who it is either. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's very sleepy <laughs> yeah
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah she didn't make it to the premiere yeah she died before the movie premiered yeah but she was a stage actress for decades yeah but yeah she was yeah mm. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. No. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We keep going. <laughs> let's let's yeah let's let's do the Godfather trilogy now, right now. <laughs> oh, you sons of bitches! <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna virtual slap you. That's <laughs> thank you. Sure. Sounds good. So, um, I'm part of uh, talking pictures trivia. That's the name of our podcast. You can find us anywhere where you catch podcasts. Um, you can find us on Twitter, talking pictures, trivia at talking studios. We're doing our world of a episode, uh, three seventeen, and featuring Ben Lawhorn right here, uh, is going to be on contributing a solid episode, a really great episode. Um, Ben was, Oh, where did <laughs> Oh no, Ben did great. Yeah, he didn't come off nervous at all. No, you, you, Ben did great, great, great guest. Thank you so much, Ben. So if you if you like this show, come to Talking Pictures Trivia. Ben is coming back on on six sixteen for Shin Godzilla, which I haven't yet seen or know anything about. Um, so that's that. And if you want to hit me up, I'm at Twitter at Thomas Lehman fifteen.
Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got to get Tyler and Matt on. You have everybody on. Yeah. Yeah. No, come, come on in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.